Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 years or older. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to a brand new episode of Extra Points presented as ever by Omaha. Me and the roastest with the mostest. Hello, Sarah Tiana. How are you? How was your sports week? Are you over the moon about the Michigan Wolverines? Pete Carroll just shown the door at the time of this recording or just before. How are you? Um, I think I, that like Pete Carroll being fired, Rabel being fired, all of this Michigan winning. I've just been shocked all week. Just been shocked. <laughs> I'm only State saying that shock. because Martin's here, but yeah, I'm. Well, I'm yes. No, I'm not. Uh, yeah, it's. I, I've had a great sports week. Good, good. And uh, by the way, yeah, I mean, people are shocked up in Foxborough too because the news on Tuesday that was the shocker that exactly zero of the insiders who get paid to tell us what's about to happen predicted just as none, none of those people predicted that Pete Carroll was about to get shown the door, but they did predict that Bill Belichick was definitely going to get shown the door. But now there sounds to be some noise about him rehiring Josh McDaniels and making a go up there. I want to talk about that, but let's say hello to the guy you just kind of mentioned there. He's visited us periodically over this football season. One to lament the state of his New Orleans Saints. Spoiler alert, he was right. They didn't make the playoffs. I assured him he had nothing to worry about. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong, like Jerry Orbach at the end of Dirty Dancing. I was wrong. You were right, Martin. And more importantly, congratulations. Your Michigan Wolverines are the national champions. Now we have to talk about, before the insiders talk about it, where Jim Harbaugh is or isn't heading but congratulations, fella. The floor is yours. Just from now on, for the next 300 and some odd days, you have to refer to me as national champion Martin Weiss. Thank no. you. I will be accepting all congratulations at this time. <laughs> Need an acronym at least. I'm not saying all that every time. Martin starts with an M and his last name starts with a W. We should have known that this was going to happen. In, oh, no. that's a wow great point tiana yeah let's just yeah what you shouldn't you just cut to the chase martin and just say i require you to call me w, w. <laughs> that's not bad that's not bad i like that you must be you must do comedy quick on your feet no <laughs> no no seriously though uh probably up there top three day in life on monday Oh, my goodness. I thought you were going to say top three championship of the teams I root for. This is top three in your life. Dave, I, I was there through I was there through Rich Rod watching uh -huh. my first game in Michigan, or second game, rather, in the big house. I watched Stephen Threat and Nick Sheridan, these big, slow-footed white kids running the read option against Toledo and lost. Three and nine in my freshman year. I did the math on it a few years back. There's never been a worse five-year period of Michigan football than the five years in which I attended the university. The lowest winning percentage the entire time was when I was there through Rich Rodriguez and then Brady Hoke, Mr. No Headset, No Problems, who was too cool to wear a coat on the sidelines, also too cool to win big games. And no, one Ohio State victory in my entire tenure at the University of Michigan. And then not only that, we got to hear about from like 2016 to 2020 about how this, at that point, coach who also wasn't winning big games, one Jim Harbaugh was supposed to be going here to the NFL or going there to the NFL or going here to the NFL. We've done several podcasts in which I was like, why? Why would he go anywhere? Why would anybody want him? All he does is lose big games. You know what, Dave? All that's erased. Jim, you're good in my book. It is funny. And on the minus three Twitter handle, you can find the odds for 2024. It is a little weird that Michigan is relatively high up there in, in shot at winning next year, given the uncertainty there. It seems like a fade to complete that Harbaugh is going to leave, except Tiana. I keep I keep coming back to that he's just enough of a chip on the shoulder weirdo that maybe, and by the way, the good vibes all of a sudden that he's feeling and the, the sense that we got through clean on the other side, all the sanction talk and suspensions and everything else. It feels like not Michigan fans, but it feels like 
the sports world as these things go. It's like, all right, it's over with. What are we going to do? Go back and try and and announce we're taking the national championship away like we did Reggie Bush. Does, does anybody think Reggie Bush didn't win the Heisman because we took the trophy away? I wouldn't be stunned all of a sudden. What I'm saying is if Jim Harbaugh was like, what the hell? Why do I need to go to the end? This is fine. This is home for that. I don't have to ever do anything of note again. I can just ride this out and be a hero for all the time in Ann Arbor, my home. How say you? Yeah, I think I think Harbaugh is, you know, probably on the spectrum. And I don't think you can ever predict what he is going to do. Uh, I don't think he can predict what he's going to do. Um, so I, I won't be shocked either way, honestly. Like, I think for him to stay at Michigan would be great because they're going to lose a lot of players to the NFL. And I think they need him to recruit and keep some of those players going. Um, but it, if he leaves, you know, the, they're still going to have a pretty decent team next year. And then it's just like, who's going to take over? Um, it is a weird spot, right? To your point, because other programs have, have like moved on and figured out who their right. coach is going to be and all of that. So they're already behind the eight ball. And so I think you could make a compelling case to Harbaugh if you're Michigan, if you're the administration, Martin, like, yo, man, like, you know, we could have kicked you out the door and all that when all this, uh, when, mm -hmm. when, when the water got hot, we didn't do that. Like, help us out here, man. Stick for, stick around at least for this year so we can get our ducks in a row before you do officially walk away. And by the way, all these juicy coaching availabilities, now there's Pete Carroll out there and Mike Grable <sighs> and maybe yeah. Belichick and I don't know. Who uh, Ben Johnson is the is the the hot ticket yeah. item and and uh, Bobby Slowick down there in Houston like it's you don't necessarily get whatever job you want if you're Jim Harbaugh anyway Martin I just don't know how like people who are keep stapling Jim Harbaugh as the perfect NFL head coach must not have <laughs> listened to a single press conference over the last year like just just some of the greatest hits from just last week you know. Jesus was a five-star recruit, would have been a five-star recruit. He said Moses died on his staff, and that's the type of thoughts that he had when he was hiring his staff, that he's this type of staff he would die with. He plays musical theater things. Uh, it's not musical theater things. Those, those are called songs. He plays musical theater songs uh, at, at, at walkthroughs. He was playing Wicked at the walkthroughs, right, the, the, from, the, from the Broadway show. Uh, none of that plays in the NFL. Could you imagine the Los Angeles Chargers fresh off a four and one start coming in singing for he's a jolly good fellow in the locker room? Like, you know, you go into the locker room post game and like Dan Campbell was over there like, yeah, we just kicked him in the ah, we're, we're tough as nails. And no, no, you got Justin Herbert leading for he's a jolly good fellow. Like he's the perfect college coach. Like and I know that like because. The kids in college, they leave every four to five years or, in, or, in, or I guess in Washington's case, six or seven or eight, you know, half of that <laughs> team can rent a car. But uh, he's the perfect he's perfect at that level. And I think that honestly, Michigan, there was reported that you would offer him a 10 year, one hundred and twenty five million dollar contract. That's competitive with some of these NF, like not obviously not all the way, you know, so like with Sean Payton and some of those other things. But like, are the Chargers really about to pay fifteen million dollars a year for a head coach? Like that doesn't jive with what I know of the, the Chargers. I, I will not. forever, <laughs> Kiana. I'll forever get swept up in this in that thing of like at at my level in life that I don't suspect is going to change dramatically between now and uh, the big sleep for me is the like. That ego that takes over when they do the like, it's not about the money, but it's funny that it always goes to the highest bidder, that that's mm -hmm. that, that equals respect, that the dollar amount equals the most respect. But I kind of think to your point, like he's a weird enough guy that maybe it isn't the money for him. I mean, he's got he's so loaded. You know, I again, I can't get hey, in the headspace. Hey, somebody he worth $40 million. Dollars. He mows his own lawn. Right. He's a weird dude. So it would be about like, cause I have to prove it at the highest level kind of thing is the reason. So Tiana, now all of a sudden bunch of weirdos out there potential to fill the vacancy. I know you're happy about that down there in Atlanta, Georgia. What do you think about who do you want? Belichick? You want Pete Carroll? You want Mike Vrabel? Mm -mm. Or do you no. want Jim Harbaugh? I mean, do I want Jim Harbaugh? I mean, I, he's the only one that you mentioned that I would be 
if, if it happened, I wouldn't be upset. If any of those other people happened, I would be upset. Like I don't, I want Byron Leftwich. I keep saying that we yeah, need, you all do. Yeah, thing is a quarterback mind to run an offense. We don't, we have a defense. We have a great defensive coordinator. If we can continue to keep him, um, we just need a coach that's not calling the plays unless, you know, I, I don't, I don't really think Byron could, would call the plays, but I think that, um, you know, and I, but I'm not also, I'm not, I wouldn't be upset about Ben Johnson either. I think he's really fun, but I think that Arthur Blank has already said that he wants somebody um, with a proven track record. And to me, that says a, somebody that's already been a head coach in the NFL. So, I mean, it didn't go that great when we got somebody from Tennessee before, which is Arthur Smith. So I'm like, I don't really, I'm not really interested in Brable. Pete Carroll, I think wouldn't be the worst, you know, but like, I, I just look at all like Raheem Morris. I still miss Raheem Morris. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wanted him to be the coach, not Arthur Smith when Dan Quinn got fired. So I'm like, I get where that's the way the world, I think that's the the human experience for, uh, for the most part is if you just ate sushi, you don't want to go have sushi. You want to have pizza. And I mm -hmm. think Arthur Blank is is thinking here like, all right, I just went with the savvy coordinator who's going to have the, the, jump the league with what he's doing specifically cleverly with the X's and O's. He tried that. Now he wants that figurehead guy. And the rumors are Belichick. How say you? First of all, he hasn't left Foxborough yet, yet despite the fact that the insiders assured us he was out the door on on Sunday, week 18. But what if Bill Belichick is the answer for the Falcons, Tiana? What's your reaction then? I mean, again, he's a defensive mind, right? To me, when I, when I think of Belichick, I don't think of like this incredible offensive brain. I think, you know, you know, and he had the most success when he had an extremely good quarterback. We do not have an extremely good quarterback. And Bill is also not good at drafting. So that's not like, I'm just not ready for that. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not really interested in Bill. It's like, it's the same thing with, with the presidency. Like when these guys are too old, like what is that? That doesn't really help. Like the NFL has, is evolving. The NFL is changing. People are coming up with new plans and new ideas. And I need a for a young forward thinker who's going to be with our organization for a while. Like we've had quite the carousel going around and I, I would love to find somebody that could be there for 10 years. Whoa. You just described Josh McDaniels. <laughs> no. Oh, no, 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 I, I, do, I do think I that's going to be a package Byron deal. Lefkowitz and Ben Johnson. That's you know, Sarah makes a good point. The NFL is evolving and it is changing except for one place. And I don't mean to completely yeah. derail the conversation, except for one place the NFL is changing and evolving. And that's the place where the player said, you know what, coach? Middle finger to you. We're going to run right. whatever the hell we want on the last play of the game. And then you're going to get yelled at by a guy who has his job for like 12 more hours max. And Arthur <laughs> Smith and his Thanks, GM is just like, you know what? State's ownership is like, Dennis Allen, come on down, baby. Oh, yeah. Think about the names who have been fired. All right. Pete Carroll, fired. Mike Rabel, fired. You know what else they have in common? They make the playoffs. They've mm -hmm. made the playoffs in the last three years, both of them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they, they, I mean, Bill Belichick, soon to be fired or traded, right? Because I have a feeling I, I've been hearing that he's, the diff, the holdup in New England is that they he wants to be traded, but the team, like, they're trying to trade him, but he also wants wherever he lands to also have a first-round pick. So they can't trade him for the first-round pick, Right. So that kind of is, but he's is, choosing really. These are the rumors that you're uh, you're hearing that Belichick is asking New England to figure out the trade. Well, he would be the one who would make that trade, right? Basically, or at least have a big hand in it. And any head coach has the ability to reject being traded. So he has to have a destination. Not like send me anywhere, send me anywhere in football. Yeah, I think there's be probably cool. a couple of places that he's targeting. I, right. for, I, I think the sleeping giant is Washington, honestly. Um, that makes sense oh. to me. Yeah. But they don't want to trade. He wants to have a, a cavalcade of picks to make when he gets to that new place. But regardless, the new place won't be New Orleans. But what we will have is Dennis Allen and, again, Derek Carr, which I said all last year, and people doubted me. People didn't believe me. And people called me crazy. They called me a hater. They said this was some type of reverse fandom weird jinx that when the Saints went on this magical Super Bowl run, I was hedging my verbal uh, analyst bet. No, I wasn't. Derek Carr and Dennis Allen are the worst coach and quarterback combination in the history of the NFL. 
in the history of the NFL. <laughs> settle because, down. No, settle minimum, like, down no, a little bit. No, when you do like minimum 100 games played, like like minimum that for the for the when you allow I see for the length of time they for the been length together. of time yes like obviously Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter this year worse than them but also fired you know what I'm saying like when is you this give literally true long, I'm fascinated if there are actual numbers to support this if there were a minimum of games together and the least amount of success in two stints together in. Uh, with the Raiders and now with the Saints with Dennis Allen and Derek Carr. I would love to see if there's been a less successful do. I mean, there has to be, right? There can't be. Uh, yeah, but because either I way, would it's think that the Jets with, um, with what was his name? Nate, uh, the coach last year that went. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Broncos. Oh, sorry. The Broncos oh. coach last year. That's now. See, but that's the problem. Nathaniel Hackley only coached 14 games. Dennis Allen has only won 16 games in the last four years as a head coach. Right. But he didn't have Derek Carr that whole time. You were saying that they, they've been together that long. But when they're teamed no, no, no. up together, yes. They they, no, 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 they were no, no, together no, no, in, no, 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 in no. with the Raiders, too. Rewind it. Yes, he has had Derek Carr. Derek Carr is starting quarterback in Oakland from 2011 until last season. The four of those years, or three of those years, Dennis Allen was his head coach. They combined to win eight games in three years. <laughs> this is an interesting thing. Who's okay. Let that's rear view mirror though. Tiana. I, I I'm a bad host. So I didn't put two and two together, even though I knew saints would come up and Falcons would come up. Of course, your two teams played against each other. Your bitter <laughs> rivals. Clearly there, there there's no love lost between Martin Weiss and Sarah Tiana here, but neither was there between Arthur Smith and Dennis Allen. What did you, I'll start with you, Tiana. But I do want to look ahead to who has a sadder 2024 on the horizon. It would appear right now the Falcons are the Saints. Neither one seems terribly uh, uh, providing a ton of uh, optimism here. What did you think about all that, though? That uh, on his way out the door, Arthur Smith was belly aching at the opposing coach for scoring an extra touchdown on him. Yeah, I mean, at that point, he's he's just projecting because he knows he's about to get fired. So he... You know, you, the the players love him, and I think that he was again just like going to bat for the for the players themselves. But um, yeah, I just felt like it was shouting into an empty room, like, "Oh yeah, you really said your piece. Yeah, that'll that'll make you stay around." Like, I don't care. You can shout in the dark for all I care. Like, you should have been fired in week six. You should have never even been there for the buy. I, I, you know, I wish our defensive coordinator had taken over and just played out the rest of the season, but no, that didn't happen. Arthur blank has a soft spot for him. I don't know. And you know, he's uh, like I said, I started writing letters, you know, three weeks ago asking for them to fire him and to hire Byron <laughs> Leftwich, and I'll continue my campaign until it happens. Have we heard any news of Leftwich's whereabouts? Has he no, been interviewed like, I, he, I don't even think he's on anyone's radar, but it is somebody that it's like, he's just on my mind. Like I, I really like him. I think he's a good coach and I think he'd be great for our organization provided he surrounds himself with good coordinators. And if, if they come back and I think that, I think, the part about the Falcons that angers me the most is that we have so much talent on that team that completely got wasted. You know what I mean? And then like the play calling is just infuriating. I mean, against new Orleans, it's a one point, it's a one score game early on. It's third and one. We have three running backs and they throw the ball. We have three running backs on our team. It is like the 60 minutes, right? It's (laughs) there's some teams that drive you crazy. But from, you know, from uh, from Monday to Saturday, the Falcons are an ongoing mystery based on, as you say, from an X and O standpoint. And it's something we've been talking about for two years. Martin Weiss has been pointing at that talent and Atlanta. The sum doesn't equal the parts. I don't know who's better off or worse off, though. Falcons fans who now have a vacant coaching spot or the Saints who have no. much desired. Yeah. Uh, consistency. Now they have Dennis we're, Allen locked in. Yeah, we're definitely better off because we we have you know a f- the future is bright right now because they exactly. haven't hired anybody. <laughs> Once exactly. they hire somebody, then we'll be able to tell. But to me, Arthur Blank, Arthur Smith is just 
he's the Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee of our of our team where it's just like, I think I'm the smartest person in the room. No, you're not. You're the dumbest person in the room. And all you do is everything wrong, but you think everyone else is wrong and you're right. And that was always the biggest disconnect. He thought he was the smartest guy in the room and he wasn't. Did Arthur Smith though, in the post game, when people be like, why'd you run that play? Did he say like, I was just joking. Cause that's the get out of jail free card of everything. Apparently. Yeah. I was just as joking, long as, as I'm not going to let pedophiles announce. off the hook <laughs> and misrepresent your own words. Like sure. as a, you really perceive yourself to be omnipotent. If you mm-hmm. think that the world at large doesn't have available, what you just said, <laughs> yeah. referees suffer from the same delusion that Aaron Rodgers does, which is like, I didn't say that. Like, no, that's not, no, 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 that was that. Or if you're caught de- uh, dead to rights, like, I was just joking. It's very funny. Jameis Winston is very funny, too. I like this post-game <laughs> stuff. What did you think about that? I do want to hear what you think about Aaron Rodgers, too. But just to wrap up the that that thing, what did you make from, it sounds like you, you think that that made Dennis Allen look bad, which I don't disagree with. Martin, how say you? I think it was the ultimate middle finger to Dennis <laughs> Allen. And also, not only that, it was a, probably a middle finger as well to the guy that Dennis Allen brought in on a three-year, $100 million contract last year. Like, mm-hmm. I think, like, there, and because it's not only did Jameis go ahead and say that, but you may remember, Dave, in a whole, in a, in a different, in a different iteration of this show, when Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad, Odell Beckham Sr., I imagine, releases the video of mm-hmm. everybody hurts. And it's a 12 minute clip of Baker Mayfield just hitting <laughs> Odell at Beckham in the foot with the ball, right? And I, you guys were like, oh, this is so bad. Or this is this is terrible on Odell's part. You can't do this type of thing. And I said at the time, where are the people who are clamoring for Baker Mayfield, right? Whenever you would see this type of thing happen somewhere else, there'd be all type of guys in the locker room talking about Baker is. Baker's this, Baker's our guy. Like it was radio silence out of Cleveland regarding Baker Mayfield. Hmm. The outpouring from Saints players defending Jameis Winston and the decision to me state it's it's, the quiet part out loud is it's because we don't like the other guy. We wish Jameis had been the guy the whole time. And then you, I mean, it's just. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying that it is what what you're saying is it's, a sort of passive aggressive attack on Dennis Allen. You're saying that the players like James better than like Derek Carr. I think it's no, no, no. Don't ah. get me wrong. Dennis Allen and David and Derek Carr are tied together. They are one. They are one. Yeah, that's their, true. They, they, that's what I'm saying. They, they, that's that's what brings him in. Is, is that and now according to uh, some of these other rumors from these insiders that John Gruden may join the coaching staff since that worked so well in Oakland <laughs> prior and Vegas prior. I, I mean, you know, the, the, the Falcons fired Arthur Smith. I just looked this up. You know what his winning percentage is? Four twelve. You know what Dennis Allen's is? I'll give you a guess. Less than four twelve. Four three seventy eight. Three seventy eight. That's too high. Uh uh-uh. That's too high. What is it? Dennis Allen's winning percentage is like a, a, a good month out of Miguel Cabrera in his prime, three forty three. Yeah, but you can't you can't put a price tag on the sort of charisma he brings brings to the locker but room. I really do think- wonder what that cat is bringing to the NFL locker room. It's like if you're super hyper, uh, Johnny Charisma and unintimidated by fifty three giant men, and you can tell them what what uh, what's going to happen, and they're going to follow you and all that. Or you're a genius with the X's and O's, and they're going to follow you because they know you're right about that. How about when you're neither? Like, what is Dennis Allen exactly doing? Because it's not as though you know the Saints doing, are mighty. He's defense. losing football games. His career win loss record is twenty four and forty six. Think about that. 24 and 46 and Pete Carroll just got, I mean, just look at the, you know, all the names who have been fired. I'm almost positive. This is true. Everybody who's been fired this year, including Frank Reich in the last three years, you know what they've done? Made the playoffs. Hmm. You know what Dennis Allen has never done as a head coach? Made the playoffs. Even, even sniff. Well, that's, you know, my pushback is always when people say fire Mike Tomlin. You better have a good plan. I mean, the Steelers wouldn't just wouldn't just randomly fire Mike Tomlin. Um, but 
a lot of people in Pittsburgh would have, and if the Steelers get hammered on Sunday, will return to like, see, I told you, Dave, they don't win no playoff games. They got fired. Like, what's the plan if he goes on? I really don't think there's a ton of that with the Saints, with Dennis Allen. It's like, I don't know, we'll get a lot of different people to replace that guy for what he's brought to the table. Like, it's hard to conjure the argument exactly of what it is that Dennis Allen is doing that makes him like, we can't move on from this. But I think it's an interesting point you make about the lack of defenders when attacked. And, you know, there's been attacks on Jimmy Kimmel. You've seen a lot of people throw their weight behind Jimmy Kimmel in defense of him. You know, I'm I just sorry, heard Dave, you on I got, Adam I got Carolla. One more. I got one more. Okay, one well, more. let me just one say more thing. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full the word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit GamblingHelplineMA.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Adam Carolla just hosted one Sarah Tiana on his podcast, Mm -hmm. and she was talking about this. And a lot of people, for a lot of people who treat Hollywood stuff like we treat sports call golden globes and Oscars award season, their super bowl. And so I think this is close enough to sports that we can get away with talking about this. Tiana, I haven't heard a ton of defense of Joe Coy and you are a joke writer, um, on award shows and beyond known for your, uh, roast jokes specifically. How say you about Joe Coy saying, not saying this is on me, <laughs> but blaming the players basically. Yeah, I think it was complete. I said that on Adam's show, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, we all go into it. And we know that it's a tough gig. We've all done tough gigs. You know, you don't, but he took the gig. 
That's first. So you knew going in, it was a tough gig. And no matter what, you're the host of the show. You get presented with hundreds of jokes and you picked them. So maybe you didn't write it, but you picked it. So if you're going to say it, say it with conviction. But I think after about two minutes, he knew he was cooked. And then he just started panicking. And, you know, I don't think the right people, you know, I, I don't I don't think I don't think he was being guided completely well. Like he should have come out and he should have talked about how he should talk about all the people that said no and made a really long list and made that, that list funny, even right? longer, like obnoxious, like adding people dead and alive to the list, right? Then he should have talked about then he should have introduced himself and said, I know you don't know who I am. This is, you know, like I'm the only Asian that wasn't in crazy rich Asians, right? Like some, something like that. So that we all know now who you are. Now you've made fun of yourself for two minutes and now you can kind of go anywhere provided those jokes work. But then you also have to have plans for jokes that don't work. So in case this joke bombs, in case that joke bombs, what are you going to say about it? How are you going to, but, but that comes with a certain level of awareness and self-awareness. And I didn't see that from Joe. It was a weird move that I suspect was his version of a bit. Like he was trying to have some fun in a writer's room level kind of joke. Like, well, that wasn't my joke. That was your joke. But don't do that (laughs) on national TV when people don't know who you are. Don't do it in front of uh, the most elite producers (laughs) in the game. Because what you just said was, I didn't produce any of this. Somebody else did it. I'm just reading it. And by the way, he he. I'm sure you know him. If I've met yeah. him, but the, the world over, what a sweetheart Joe Coy is. I just think, you know, he made a bad situation worse by trying to. I don't think that's he has that gear of snark, and I think he tried to engage in snark to be funny, and it failed spectacularly because that that ain't his wheelhouse to do that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was uh, it it was bad. But I did I did immediately think of all the. Uh, the joke writers out there and right to your point, you need a better in-game coach. You need some, or GM or assistant or whatever yeah, to say, and like, I just Hey think coach, also, you're treating this the wrong way. These are the jokes you should be doing there. You know, I think that also award shows. as a man, you can't, if you're going to make a joke about Barbie, it better be good. You know what I mean? It can't be some cheap thing about how she has big, big boobies. Like you just proved that movie, right? You're hmm. on, in a position of power and a woman should have been there instead. That's what that, well, that's what you just proved. I'd love to know if there were women in the writer's room. I don't think there were from really from the texts that I've, you know, in 2024, there were no, there were no women on staff. By the way, I do have to say, I don't know that thought- for a fact. I'm just, I, I asked around and um, I heard that there were not. Wow. You know, that's weird, but that's surprising. In fact, um, but um it's funny because Martin just mentioned batting average for Miguel Cabrera. And it did, as we were talking about this, what crossed my mind is for the record, I have to say this on behalf of anybody who's, who's tried to be funny on the page at a, at a job is people always float that one. Like there's no job where you could get away with succeeding three out of 10 times. If you're a joke writer and three out of your 10 pitches, make it to air you would be the greatest yeah. writer in the history of writers, right? When I, like I was the, on, the, when I was on, ninety-five percent have no shot. Yeah. When I was on the burn with Jeff Ross for Comedy Central, there were thirteen writers in the room. Thirty-seven jokes made the show. So if you got one or two jokes on, you were like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I'm the king of joke writing." You know, it was, it was, it's so hard to get get jokes in because a there's so many people bring their own people quit on them they don't say this they don't say that there's just there's a lot out there and look joe coy is really funny that's not just because he had a bad night doesn't mean he's not going to be funny tomorrow he's still going to sell out his shows his fans don't care i hope so had a bad night on the golden glove want to take him to task and ruin his career no there's no point in no you're not going to ruin his career he's still going to be funny he's still going to be a great stand-up just like he was the day before the globes you know this is you know this is a great story that he'll have forever that you know and hopefully he can make uh, it funny i thought the taylor swift joke was funny 
I oh, laughed. it was funny. Oh, it was I funny. Laughed. First of all, he bailed on it. He didn't say it the right way at the end. I think he was going to say, he said the word wrong. And then he almost said it under his breath. So it didn't get the laugh that it intended. But she wasn't, in my opinion, she wasn't not laughing at that joke. She was responding to the monologue. Like she was just like, you're not going to get me my vote of approval because you just That's said Barbie has big You know where my, my brain went to? It had nothing to do with the joke. I, my brain went to that there was that there was because see I can't help it I as much as I make fun of the conspiracy theorists more and more my brain is going to some crazy thing I was thinking like her reaction is like we're not talking about Travis Kelsey tonight because he and I are not getting oh. along so well right now that's the way my reaction was <laughs> no. like don't bring him no. up to me right now I don't want to hear about no. that but no she I, knows I, you're, you're she's right. going to be on camera and she's like I'm not going to sit here if I laugh I'm showing approval for all the jokes you said before. And, and, and you just limited the greatest female movie of all time to a joke about big boobies. What was the joke? So, I, I didn't hear, I didn't even, I didn't see the whole thing. I just saw the, uh, the joke was that, uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie were the biggest movies of the summer. Oppenheimer is, you know, based on this 900 page book, uh, about the Manhattan project and Barbie's based on a doll with big boobies. Yeah. Pretty lame joke. And he should have tagged that when like, it failed. He should have been like, boy, that joke bombed harder than Oppenheimer. Thank you. That that's was a joke I, I just said. came up with. No, that's what I said on Corolla. I'm like, that joke oh, is yeah, right yeah, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard Sarah that Tiana joke say that right joke there. On, on But Corolla. like, you're not going to, like, that movie brought people back to the movie theater. And it created jobs and, like, helped everybody during the strike. Like, you can't just, like, limit that. I think, by the way, Martin, you love movies. Eddie Spaghetti, you love movies as well there. Um, I think, what did you think, uh, Martin first, but Tiana too, <laughs> what about this award that they gave? And it initially struck me, I'm in the middle of the thing and and my wife was watching it and and I was like, I don't understand what this award is for. And it was for box office success. I think it was like called yeah. box office achievement or something like that. Mm -hmm. I was like, what the hell what kind of award is that? Like yeah. it did well at the box office is now a trophy. And then I thought, what have I belly ached about for decades? Like why did star Wars not win the, how did mm -hmm. it, star Wars not win best picture? ET didn't, wasn't the best picture of the year. It was up. It's ludicrous. But then I go back to my original take, which is this is them having it both ways. They want to honor what they think is good, but then also throw a bone to 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 the dumb uh, American audience and be like, see, we acknowledge your movie too. But <laughs> I think they should just, best picture should be Barbie is the answer to this, right? Uh, I, I know this. Oppenheimer made me believe in my longstanding belief of, of there should be nothing that's longer than three hours besides fights <laughs> and football games. Just like... It's just it's too long. It was it was luck like the projector broke. Like we were watching it on some special <laughs> film or whatever, and the projector broke for like 10 minutes. And honestly, it's the only way I made it through the whole thing because it gave me an opportunity to get up, walk around, stretch out, you know, crack my knees. I'm 35 coming up. I'm 35 mm -hmm. now. Like I'm I'm sore <laughs> sitting in this movie theater seats for all this for all this time. So no, so I appreciated that. I'm on day four of uh, of uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, and that's not <laughs> denigrating the movie in any way. It's just long. But I will say, I love long movies. If they're good, I make it longer for me. Like the bad yeah. movies, make those keep those to about uh, 17 minutes. But I, I, if it's good, I'll keep why. People bellyache about that one. I reject your point, Martin, in other words. Good movies should be long. But Tiana, <laughs> I said to my wife about this, because then they were giving out Best Director. And it's like, okay, you can you can appreciate Chris Nolan and the the work and everything, but what was the most distinctive? What moved the that medium forward in a way that you've never really seen done before and took mm -hmm. a concept and turned it into something like to me, it's I don't know, best picture and all that, but like best director. What are we even talking about? I'll say you for Barbie. Yeah, for Barbie. What are you saying? Gerwig should yeah, I mean, I run away with that. Agree. Good for you, Nolan. Awesome movie, but still. I think Barbie should have won every award. I mean, I I, I thought it was the most original, one of the, the most original movies I've ever seen. And like, I think for the Oscars, it has to be up for best adapted screenplay. And everyone's like, 
adapted from what it wasn't a book like 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 Oppenheimer Oppenheimer was a book right like Greta Gerwig had a box and then completely you know redefined everything and created that whole world set design uh, right, right. I think about the Geico cavemen. Is that, I mean, that's a, that was adapted from a commercial. That didn't go as well as the Barbie movie <laughs> did, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's ingenious what she did. So, I mean, look, I, I think, I think people look like art, you know, critics and um, press look at it as like, oh, it's just like this big blockbuster movie as opposed to being like one of the most artistic, unique films that this that the world has seen and i you know i think look women buy a lot of tickets to movies like if we want to go see a movie guys are coming with us right and like we men went to that movie women went to that movie kids went to that movie everybody went to that movie because you know i think they've created that box office um achievement award because the rest of america is like what about top gun like everybody loved top gun there wasn't even anything wrong with it and, you know, and then critics are like, well, it made a billion dollars. It can't be that good. It has to have made a hundred thousand or less in order for us to give it an award. <laughs> You're like, all right. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't have any say in it because I don't consider myself in Hollywood, you know, so I, I don't really know what people are thinking. Clearly I'm not involved in any of the choices. Well, people have to like, uh, uh, it is a require for as much as, Bill Murray and Jim Carrey mm -hmm. and John Belushi, like the the comedy acting icons all felt compelled at points in their career to show I can do stuff beyond just being super funny. I can I, I can do that. But there's a lack of an inherent lack of uh, ability to appreciate that because it feels slight. And Which then it's so funny. A, I'll tell you the hardest why. thing I'll tell to you do. why. I'll tell you why. Because when you're really good at comedy, it looks effortless. That's right. It looks like you're just talking and it's easy, right? But drama is hard. It's like, all right. Like, and so I think that comedies don't really get as much respect. And until Bridesmaids came out, like nobody even thought about nominating comedies for anything. It was called comedy and musical, but in at the Globe, I think there was a was certain momentum behind that polar and Tina Fey and uh women in comedy, and there was a certain like narrative. It is a it is a thing that we can acknowledge. It's sort of like the Miles Garrett has to be the defensive player of the year, even though he isn't having his best year. It's sort of the well, we got to give Scorsese think, an Oscar because yeah, how many I more bites at the apple are there going to be here? Like because Spielberg and other cats are in our midst. We better get this award out with that. one. I mean, I but think yeah, it's here. pretty clear that like comedians are good actors because you can really you can read people's energy so quick as a comedian, like I can get on stage and I can know, Oh, that person's in a bad mood. That person's happy. They're on a date. They're just work colleagues. They're from another country. Like I know that immediately when I walk on stage and look around and if I decide to bring it up, I can bring it up, but you can read people's energy. You're highly emotional and you're very sensitive. Um, but you can fake none of all of that being not true when you're on stage as a comic. So I think when comedians get into acting and they're and they're good at it, like Ali Wong wins the Golden Globe, Jim Gaffigan, very good actor, Bob Odenkirk, incredible on Breaking Bad, right? These are all comedians who have tapped into something else. And so, you know, Robin Williams, I think, was one of the first ones to win an award, like an Oscar as a comic. So Martin, I think what she's saying is, is that uh, Aaron Rodgers should become a dramatic <laughs> actor because he's hilarious with his joke. Oh, no. right? He only I believes actors a... were at January 6th. I was about to say, I <laughs> thought it was uh, Dennis Allen's a joke. So maybe he'll start another career himself. Ugh, yeah, there you go. Maybe Dennis <laughs> Allen can get into something else. Martin was ready to go. I'm sorry. See, I should have just let you have the floor there. <laughs> um, all right, listen. I, I really, I feel like uh, this would oh, be a they, fun thing to on just the go Golden on Globes, for another 45 though, I had minutes. a source in the room go in ahead. the Golden Globes. And she told me when I was like, I heard he bombed. Because I wasn't watching. I was watching the Bills and the Dolphins, who also bombed both ways, <laughs> really. But uh, she told me that the audio was really bad. And her sitting in the back of the room, she had trouble hearing even even the monologues until oh, wow. the speeches. 
So I thought that was interesting because maybe they didn't hear some of the jokes that they actually would have laughed at, but also didn't hear the monologue either. Because again, like I said, I was watching Tua Tonga Valoa just drop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you have to bring me back down to grim reality. And again, I have to Jerry Orbach. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. My big miss of the year, if it wasn't, I can excuse away. I took a swing with Washington and saying they would make the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs. Um, and I said the Ravens were being overvalued. I didn't think their defense was going to be that good. As it turns out, I was wrong about that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was wrong about uh, about how this cookie has crumbled in a couple of ways. I thought the Dolphins were going to continue the steamroller throughout the regular season. I think I can give myself some room though with all the injuries, but yeah, that the defensive side is a distraction from that offense is really feels kind of figured out. And now a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And that leads us into, Martin, our best bets. Go ahead. Take your run at things here. I assume you're going to oh. look at the pro football playoffs, but the world is your oyster, wherever you want to look here. If you want to bet on where a coach is going to land, let us know that now. <laughs> No, my favorite bet of the weekend, honestly, you're going to roll your eyes at this, potentially. It's a Pittsburgh Steelers plus 10. Oh! I don't know why they're bothering to make the trip. They have no shot. What, what are they even doing? Let's just listen. Just take it easy. Somebody could get hurt. I mean, I don't, look, the Steelers, it's been a long and winding road this season, right? It's been, it's been some very uh, uh, less than stellar offensive performances. But they found something with, uh, you know, Mr. Bopped on the helmet himself, Mason Rudolph. I'll tell you like this. Off the top of my head, I bet you Mason Rudolph has more 20-yard touchdown passes than Patrick Mahomes does this year. Or over 30. That sounds insane, but that could be true. Between Deontay Johnson and and, uh, Mr. Uh, What's his name? Pickens. Yeah, George Pickens. They've had at least, off the top, I have four, like, long, long touchdown runs. Mm -hmm. I take your point, but but real quick, do you – this has saved all the buzz around Tomlin. It was all jive that he was going to get fired, but I, you know, I still think there's a possibility he walks away. I don't know what's in his head, but um, maybe he could walk away because he's – an intense guy and maybe he wants to take a break for a year, but either way, all this, Oh, they got to get rid of pickings and this team sucks and blow the whole thing up. Kind of talk was salvaged by Mason Rudolph. But is that an indictment of Mike Tomlin? Cause he didn't know that he had this cat in the locker room and was rolling with Mitch Trubisky. It's a funny irony at minimum. I think if, I mean, Tomlin's not the guy who signed a Mitch Trubisky as the, the highest paid backup in football. I know, but nor he the guy who drafted money Kenny Pickett either. I know, but he he doesn't. He's not obligated at this point in his career to be like, well, they did spend a lot for Trubisky. I guess I got to roll with them to toe that line. That's that's not where Tomlin is in his career, right? But I think you could say the same thing about Brock Purdy. Like he was third in line, and then he started lighting it up. So like a lot of people, you know, weren't looking at Mason Rudolph. They weren't giving him. You know, it's probably just came down to experience, not necessarily like level of play. And they were like, well, you guys more experience. Here's a fun standard. And I do think this is for all the nice story of three weeks and think about Jake Browning and think of Josh Dobbs and think Mm -hmm. of all the cats that have gone in there and played for a played well for a game or three this season, even 
if Mason Rudolph, like it, it kind of sort of goes away. It was a nice little blip and they got into the playoffs and whatever. But if he falls on his face in Buffalo, end of this end of the fairy tale. But if he has a good game, even if they lose, if he doesn't turn the ball over and he goes for like 280 and a, maybe a couple of touchdowns and all that kind of stuff, like this is Scott Mitchell, Matt Flynn territory kind of big deal. So that leads me to this, Sarah Tiana. Mason Rudolph, Atlanta Falcons starting quarterback in 2024. How's that hit you? I mean that sincerely. Blindly, you would you be like, oh my God, heaven forbid? Or yeah. it'd be a cheap option for you. Get him for like two years and 40 million. If he plays well, he's going to be offered like three-year deals for you know 60 million kind of level bank. I know it's crazy. I think that maybe I'm misreading it, but I think that's about right. I think you're I mean, I think it, I think you're misreading first. it. Yeah, I think you're misreading it. I thought the same thing about Heineke when he came to Atlanta. I was like, yes, great. You know, I think we got him for two years, $12 million or something like that. And I'm like, what a steal. You know, if if Ritter has a couple bad games, like we got Heineke. And then whoop, it could have been play calling. It could have been anything like that. But like, uh, I, no, I don't think I wouldn't want Mason. Ritter. I want Penix. I want Pen. I want Byron Leftwich. And I want Penix. That's all I want. That's nice. Oh, for the pieces you have, I hadn't thought about that. Penix in that, oh, I don't know what the offense is, but I know the pieces in it. Man, just distributor guy, Tua style in Miami. Boy, that that really does sound grand. I do, uh, you can pick whatever you want, but Tiana, I'm curious quickly, your pick, because it's your division, Tampa hosting Philly. And Tampa... I didn't see the number in a I few mean, they're hours minus there, three or, or plus three. I was just going to say, so, I see last I saw it was uh, like, so I picked mean, up a half point. Okay. Honestly, I've told you guys all year that Philly is trash. Um, I still think that they're trash. I think they have a lot of problems. I don't, I mean, I say trash because I just like, don't like Philadelphia. That team nice is to very be mean, good. Right. Obviously I love, I love Jalen Hurts. Love Jalen Hurts. Um, I I just think that uh, Sirianni's magic was really in, with his coordinators, like I've said all year. And so the fact that he lost Steichen and Gannon has proven, like I said, to be detrimental. And so I think the Bucks have a better chance, but I think the Eagles will, you know, I think the Eagles might win. I think that would game is going to be a push. The Eagles will only win by a field goal. So I would say minus three. It really is fascinating because as much as everybody kind of feels that the momentum or the lack of momentum spells the end of the Eagles this year, and it's hard to accept because six weeks ago, it was like, boy, they're going to mm -hmm. be the number one seed. And who's getting in their way? And now they're a walkover. I, I, it's really hard to pick this game. And uh, Martin, you were not necessarily supportive of Baker Mayfield 20 minutes ago, but man, what a season for him. Talk about surprises. This is to me, this ranks up there or down, uh, whatever, with the Houston Texans and D'Amico Ryans. I mean, this has to be as big a surprise given that it was Baker Mayfield, it was Todd Bowles and our perception. Anyway, I am interested what you think about that, but now I want you to go back and talk about Mason Rudolph. What if Mason Rudolph is your starting quarterback or at least brought in to challenge Derek Carr next year? I, I think I think you have the wrong read, honestly. You do? I think that uh, Mason Rudolph might be the starting quarterback in Pittsburgh next year. Maybe. And <laughs> I don't know if he's priced himself See out of See you that. later. No, I, yeah. think, I, think, I think you can probably garner something on the market for Kenny Pickett, uh, mm -hmm. who has been healthy now for the last four weeks, three mm -hmm. weeks, mm -hmm. and has just been twiddling his thumbs on the sideline, just, just holding tiny the clipboard. Thumbs. Little yep. teeny tiny thumbs. And his little teeny tiny hands. They exactly. look, his, his thumbs are the size of the average man's pinky toe. I mean, you know, and that's what <laughs> no. he's over there twiddling with. I don't know if that's a fact. <laughs> no, but I but either, so you say they should trade Kenny? They're not going to trade Kenny Pickett. They're not going to get rid of him. Tombstone, Dave. I don't know if that's a fact. <laughs> I'm telling. Seriously though, if you look at the way the Steelers have the Steelers have gone all season, the last four or five games have been when they played their best ball, and it's no coincidence that the offense, you know, Matt Canada be damned, right? They had one 400 yard game, then right back to the toilet. What was the answer? Mason Rudolph. 
That's the only thing. You can literally point at the only thing that has changed in that entire room is Mason Rudolph. And, like, that's it. And, the, like, that's it. That's Devil's Damashek, who likes Mason Rudolph, predicted that Mason Rudolph would be better than Mitchell Trubisky and should be the answer, not Mitchell Trubisky when uh, Pickett went down and all that. I do get where Pickett's coming from uh, uh, being vexed because when he gets hurt, he's just coming off of the Cincy game in which the offense looked better. The, the, what changed is they fired Matt Canada. Not coincidentally, the offense is better the following week. And then you're in the relative early going against Arizona. It was rainy and all that. Then he gets hurt. And next thing you know, it's like, well, you're, you're not getting the gig back. He's like, well, what do you mean? I got hurt. What are you supposed to you're, I thought you can't lose your job because the injury is like, come on, oh, man. You didn't lose the gig, but that guy won it. What do you want us to do? Well, obviously, we got to stick with Mason Ruff. I feel a little bit bad for Kenneth in that regard. I don't think they would trade him. I do think that the Steelers probably wisely or what, how loony would you have to be to watch him and be like, yeah, yeah, let him go. I, I think they'll try to keep him. I just, my, my thing is, he may be priced himself out of what Pittsburgh is willing to spend at this point. That's if you, that's if you, that's if you still have Kenny Pickett on a rookie deal, but if you had to trade him, I think you could still get value for Kenny Pickett, especially in place. Like, I mean, especially like, like the Denver Broncos, for example, they're going to need quarterbacks. Like I could see that type of move happening, right. Where you can go and see a guy going to like, he's still in a rookie contract, still has value, but it's undeniable. Like he's had, what uh, no games with two or more touchdown passes mason rudolph has had two or more touchdown passes in every game so far i hear like, you but he can like always that. say like, like but that was matt canada i thought everybody hated matt canada that's who i was playing for you can't blame me for that you got to give me a new start anyway listen we've gone on for a very long time the main the headline is that uh, we were very happy last week we were visited by the scalar brothers who were over the moon with excitement and anticipation to go watch Michigan. They got over happy for nice guys getting to celebrate something happy for Martin Weiss for the same reason. Good for you, fella. Ignore the saint stuff for a couple of days and just keep on <laughs> celebrating. You know, that's a, these are the good times for you too, even though the saints in the playoffs, I don't know what should make you happy Tiana, but I guess maybe not getting Belichick. That's about as good as I can offer you right oh, now. Oh, Arthur Smith getting fired made me very happy. Okay. Like, okay. Good, that's, good. that was my Christmas wish. That was my Halloween wish. So it finally came true. Dude, that was All my right. Labor Day wish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm not jiving. Making the playoffs, I didn't actually formally make that wish, but our first football season for, for the family without the old man that the Steelers got in – to let him watch that up uh, up on high, good seat and all that, to watch the Steelers get into the playoffs. Over the moon, everything forgiven. Matt Canada, Mike Tomlin, Kenny Pickett, anybody, uh, even you, Mitchell Troop. Yeah, I'm in a generous mood. I'm letting you off the hook, too. Right as rain. Even Ryder with a victory in Buffalo. Go get that, and we'll talk to you in about a week. Martin Weiss, of course, Lemon Pepper Parlay, the must-listen podcast on the Extra Points Network. You got to be listening to that, especially football season's go is winding down, but NBA kicking into high gear. Listen to him and Gunnels. Belly ache about or talk Dave, about the that you cut me off to talk about the oh. Golden Globes for. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> this season in Denver, right? People yeah. called Sean Payton the thug. For the way he handled it, right? It was a disaster. It was it was, it was falling apart. How could you dare bench Russell Wilson? Sean Payton finished this year eight and nine. That that record right there would be the second best record of Dennis Allen's career. Ah, uh, sounds like it could use some Derek Carr a mile high, huh? <laughs> Sean Payton, Derek Carr. There you go. Right. I'm so sick of both of these guys. Mm -hmm. It would be like if if it would be like if if. If like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon only made bad movies and they just kept giving them the opportunity, like if all the movies that they made, all of them were terrible. And they just like, wow, why do we keep running this thing out and see if it works and see if it works? <laughs> it, 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 well, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. They make good movies. Derek Carr and Dennis Allen make bad ones. Yeah, Derek Carr and Dennis Allen are Fast and the Furious 11. But at least Fast and the Furious, they're bad, but they're entertaining. You know what I'm saying? At least If you're going to be bad, at least be interesting. I mean, it's entertaining bad. to me. <laughs> I have spoiler alert. It's not going to win the Oscar. Even the one for box office. I'm not, they're not <laughs> even going to acknowledge it for that dumb award. That made All up I'm going to do, the only, the only, the saving grace here is I'm just going to watch Mikey Sandistro 
intercept Michael Penix and nearly take it to the house to the mm -hmm. tune of the Titanic song, just on repeat as I sit here and watch <laughs> Coaches continue to get fired and Dennis Allen continue to put his feet. Well, I, like I say, the people want to move on and just give Michigan their flowers, but that non holding call that was called did impact the game. I, 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 we don't have to weigh in here because I was on trendy with Toby Mergler and he had some fascinating points as much as we talk about it on minus three, the refereeing and how bad it is and how much it impacts these games. Uh, he had some really interesting thoughts. So listen to me on Trendy, if I may self-promote. Listen to Sarah Tiana on the Adam Carolla show. The ace man always mm -hmm. killing it over there. Times 10 when Sarah Tiana is in there with him. And like I say, Lemon Pepper Parlay with Martin Weiss. And Eddie Spaghetti has a new episode of Waiver Wired Out with Jim Piacente. Make sure you're checking that out. Make sure you're checking out all the shows on the Extra Points Network. And until next week, enjoy those wild card playoffs, everybody. It's been a thin slice of heaven.